The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Hello, I'm Tahani Al-Jamil. I'm Paltabal. Welcome to paradise. So, what's your story? Did you cure something, invent something? I helped the poor in ancient Phoenicia. Excellent. I once had a soul cycle instructor named Phoenicia. How did you die? I got a cut on my hand. The year was 2491 BC, so that's pretty much all it took. You got a cut, or you drank water that wasn't hot enough, and then boom, dead. I would have killed for a vaccine, any vaccine. It's crazy that you guys just don't like them now. Welcome everyone. It is Thursday, April 29th, 2021. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing, it's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. It's not that people don't like the vaccines now, it's the experimental genetic therapy injections they don't like, and we'll explain why right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave, follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform, and visit us at justrightmedia.org, where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and our archived broadcasts. As always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. Local prof under fire for offensive pandemic posts, reads the headline of this Saturday, April 24th, London Free Press with a subheading, Cited Holocaust to Rip Ontario Virus Advice. (laughs) And I quote, The tweet compared the COVID-19 advice given to Ontario by its scientific advisors to something out of the Holocaust, calling those experts public health extremists. They came from a professor at Western University's medical school, Donald Welsh, its chair of molecular neuroscience and vascular biology, who later posted that he wanted to pump the brakes on a public health approach, quote, that deeply troubles me as a scientist, end quote. In the fallout Friday, Welsh was rebuked by both Canada's oldest Jewish human rights organization and Premier Doug Ford's office in his comments called offensive by the dean of his school. These inflammatory comments are totally unacceptable. Nothing should ever be compared to the Holocaust, Ivana Yelich, a Ford spokesperson, said in an emailed statement, adding the province's science advisors have provided critical data that has been instrumental in supporting our fight against COVID-19. Benai Brith Canada called the comparison vile and false. It's an absurd and beyond-the-pale reference to the Nazi mass murder of six million Jews in Europe, one nobody with this sort of impressive background should be making, Michael Mostian, the organization's chief executive, said in the aftermath of the tweet. (laughs) The aftermath of tweets. Whereas the relative merits of lockdowns and the federal and provincial response to the pandemic in general are all legitimate matters of debate to be had in the public square, like when... Such gross and inflammatory comparisons have absolutely no place in these discussions, Mostyan said. There is absolutely no historical parallel to be had, and people should be ashamed of themselves for making those sorts of comparisons. 
The provocative tweets taking shots at Ontario's handling of the virus crisis went out Friday, but after the free press reached Welsh, they were taken down and a new thread posted. Welsh would not speak to a reporter about his Holocaust comparison. We are moving down a very dangerous path that deeply troubles me as a scientist, Welsh posted Friday afternoon after deleting his original tweets. His original posts referred to Ontario's COVID-19 advisors, a panel of dozens of doctors and public health professionals that advises the province on issues in response to the pandemic. Quote, for 14 months, we have all been part of a highly dangerous experiment. It was foisted upon us without consent by a radical group of public health fundamentalists. These extremists have terrorized civil society and attempted to shut down and destroy free thought, Welsh tweeted in the thread later deleted. Welsh has a history of criticizing COVID-19 public health measures, including lockdowns, tweeting frequently about the need for a different approach and railing against many of the conclusions of Ontario's advisory panel. Welsh has been at the Schulich School of Medicine and Dentistry since 2015 when he became a professor in the Department of Physiology and Pharmacology according to a public notice about his reappointment as a chair. He has a PhD in biophysics from the University of Guelph and master's degree in physical education from the University of British Columbia. The views expressed in the Twitter post are offensive and do not align with the views of Schulich School of Medicine and Dentistry or Western University, the medical school's dean, Dr. John Yu, wrote in an emailed statement. Universities are places where controversial and sometimes unsettling ideas are presented and challenged, Yu added. While faculty members are free to express their opinions, those views are their own and don't represent those of the medical school or Western, which is committed to following public health advice, he said. End quote. Wow. The idea that we should never refer to the Holocaust or to Hitler or to Nazi Germany or to any related historical parallels is an obscenity. The people saying this should be ashamed of themselves, not only for criticizing people who have the courage to speak the truth, but for their own refusal to learn from history. Nothing should ever be compared to the Holocaust. Wow. Nothing? Really? Nothing? Are you kidding me? Why the hell pick up a history book ever? I've been saying for years on this show that the people who make arguments like this do so because they are the modern-day fascists, and they do not like to see themselves philosophically described in a true light. They do not want to look in the mirror. What a totalitarian world they would have us live in. Not only is denying the Holocaust considered unthinkable, but using the example of the Holocaust to prevent similar kinds of events apparently is too. Worse, the critical data that has been instrumental in supporting Ford's fight against COVID-19 is outright propaganda, completely reminiscent of Hitler's fascism. It is a complete lie, and these folks are selling it. Wake up! And for a dose of the truth, here is Stu Peters of Red Voice Media in conversation with Dr. Jane Ruby on the horrific truth about COVID vaccine. Well, we know that the lying and fake news mainstream media, the state-controlled, communist, party-funded, radical, and narcissistic Don Lamans and Chris Cuomo's of the world will not tell you about the shocking reality surrounding the dangers associated with the so-called COVID vaccine. They'll ignore, suppress, and refuse to report on the deadly side effects being experienced by so many Americans after subjecting themselves to the jab, rolling the dice with an unproven cocktail, injecting it into their bloodstream. Those that say, I did the research before I got the injection. You need to realize how wrong you are. You are the research. 
Now, we've talked about some of this with Dr. Jane Ruby, who in just one day revealed a dozen men that experienced blood clots after getting their second shot. And despite the lying Dr. Fauci little troll, the highest paid bureaucrat in our government with a financial stake in the game, telling us that only women that have taken birth control are being affected, that's a lie. Now, Dr. Ruby joins us with even more alarming information. Dr. Ruby, welcome back to Patriotically Correct. We just have to keep on bringing this truth. I mean, it's coming out all over the place. We've been talking about these realities. People just don't seem to be really getting it. No, they don't, Stu. And really, since we last talked, I've really uncovered, so, and it's all there in the public domain, so many more lies. I spent some extra time on the CDC website, the VAERS, which is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And it's amazing what they're pumping out. It's a pure propaganda site at this point. You know, over they have recorded, by the way, over 60,000 adverse events and, and that's, that's just what they've, they've recorded. Remember, Harvard did a study recently that said that one-tenth of one percent of vaccine adverse events are being reported. That is frightening. If we have 60,000 reported events, and by the way, interesting statistic, uh, in the last 13 years, about 3,000 people have died from all the various types of vaccines that are available in the United States. Since December, Stu, the, even the CDC has recorded over 3,100 deaths alone from the COVID-related you know, in, experimental injections. This is incredibly shocking and dangerous. Well, 60,000 is about 59,994 more than what the government, the media, Dr. Fauci are telling us. Only six women, remember, were impacted by this. And uh, it's because they ingested oral contraceptives. Look, oral contraceptives do carry a very rare risk for women of childbearing age who take those pills for, you know, for that purpose. But that's a smokescreen. These women between 18 and 48 years old are getting hit hardest, if you will, according to what's been reported. Remember, uh, they're getting hit the hardest with these blood clots. These are brain blood clots, lungs and legs. And there's no place that's safe in your body for a blood clot, because as your blood pushes along, it's going to dislodge eventually. And of course, if one gets in the brain, that's really the definition or one of the definitions of a stroke, one of the mechanisms by which you can have a stroke. You're talking about 18 to 48 year olds who could end up at at, at best, Stu, in a nursing home drooling in a jerry chair at 20 or 30 years old because they had a brain infarct from one of these clots. Um, It's just incredibly shocking. And they're literally hiding it from us. The lies as we've dug deeper, are more widespread and deeper than ever. And this isn't, uh, we're not singling out liberal, uh, radical left media outlets. I was watching the Fox News channel last night. There was a doctor on here saying that this injection is completely safe, that he encourages people to take it, that it's a highly effective vaccination for the COVID-19 virus, uh, which, by the way, uh, factually still boasts a survivability rate of over 99%, uh, upper 99 percentile of people that that get the cold 
cold or the flu, uh, successfully beat it. They live full recoveries, normal lives afterwards. Uh, you know, and we know about the risk factors that are associated with certain groups of people, uh, overweight people, morbidly obese people, people that are really elderly or have significant underlying uh, health conditions, specifically respiratory or coronary. Um, but other than that, you and I get this thing. We, we feel like crap for a few days. We beat it. We get back to work and life goes on, similar to influenza B. Um, in addition to the Fox News reporting on this and, you know, us seeing, you know, people pushing us towards the jab, we still see President Trump out here trying to take credit for this thing, calling it the Trump scene. Uh, why would he put himself in a position where he's claiming responsibility for a cocktail? And I know that you don't know him personally and, and you're speculating at this point, but why do you th suppose that the president would take credit for something that could be resulting in a modern day genocide or a somehow ethnic cleansing or depopulation scheme? You know, Stu, you're right. I can only speculate. But from what I've known, uh, what I'm thinking as a former sort of direct DC insider since I left DC, he's always had bad advisors around him. He's always been prone to maybe some of these egotistical fights with Dr. Fauci. They've been exchanging barbs publicly. And I think, you know, he was told early on, if you can get a vaccine to market, you'll be credited with stopping this thing. Uh, but it's a very dangerous road for President Trump to take. I'm going to publicly warn him. Uh, I don't think in, in a year or two, uh, he's going to want to be associated with this vaccine. And I'll tell you why. You, we're, you and I, we're just talking about short-term uh, side effects. You know, people say, oh, I just had some flu symptoms for a few days after I got my first uh, injection or my second. I'm, I'm not even concerned about that. Regular flu uh, vaccines have those kinds of one or two day, they can have those kinds of side effects. I'm worried, Stu, about the long-term effects. And I don't think President Trump is really getting good advice on what potentially could be the long-term side effects. People dying. I mean, we had a physician who took the injection three weeks ago in Miami, a 56-year-old otherwise healthy with no medical comorbidities. He literally dropped dead from a heart attack. No previous symptoms, no previous medical history. But it's the long-term side effects that we need to be worried about. The antibody-dependent enhancement, which we've talked about a little bit on your show before, it's an overreaction for people who have been primed, if you will, by this these so-called vaccines. And again, all over the CDC website, they're telling people it's safe. There's lie number one. They're telling people that it's a vaccine. Lie number two, it's not approved by the FDA as a vaccine. And it's certainly not by definition a vaccine. Do you know that the endpoints in the trial, which is what the, the, the ongoing trials, for all these vaccines, the endpoints were not uh, immunity, which is, is protection from the disease. The endpoints were actually lesser symptoms, and pass, not passing it on to someone else publicly when you're, when you're asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic. People think they're getting immunity, which is freedom from future disease from this virus. They're not. They're not. And not <laughs> only that, but they're not getting any freedom that was promised to them either. Dr. Ruby, can you really do research on something that, that has been out here for such a short period of time? 
No, and I'll tell you why, Sue. That's a great question. And it leads to one of the other big, big lies. For people out there who've never been a willing subject in a human experiment, a human trial with a pharmaceutical company, you need to understand that in order for the company to proceed, they need something called an informed consent. It's a very critical document. It came out of the Nuremberg trials. It's, it's, you can all look it up online. It's part of the Nuremberg code uh, that still lives to this day, but is not being adhered to. I have offered on social media, first $100, now I'm up to almost $1,000 uh, in the spirit of Andrew Breitbart. For anyone who can produce for me a bona fide IRB, that's in, in Institutional Review Board, those are the boards that were developed to comply with the Nuremberg Code to make sure that human beings are adequately apprised of the risks and the potential benefits, if there are some, before they engage in an experimental trial. Nobody, Stu, in the United States has been able to produce for me an IRB stamped uh, in informed consent. It should be multiple pages. It should be very thorough. People are getting checklists. They're bypassing this. This is a crime against humanity. A crime against humanity is a great way to describe what all of our politicians are doing. The question about Donald Trump's taking credit for the vaccines, however, has been raised more than once, particularly by Trump supporters who see this particular action by Trump to be completely inconsistent with his performance on just about every other ground. But remember that Trump is a businessman, an entrepreneur, and a negotiator. He's not a doctor or an epidemiologist or any of those things. Therefore, he was forced to rely on the best advice available to him. And anyone who wanted to take advantage of him could easily see this factor as being a weakness in Trump. And maybe it was. Up to a point. Perhaps the same might have been said of Ontario Premier Doug Ford, who very much unlike Trump, called for a complete police state lockdown and prevented all therapeutic treatments and cures from being widely disseminated. Now there's a crime against humanity. One so egregious that it actually caught the attention of none other than Alex Jones of InfoWars. Doug Ford has been elected Ontario Premier, and he looks like Sylvester, when he just got caught eating Tweety Bird, I mean, he looks like the most guilty, lying, just disingenuous sack of garbage. I mean, look at him. It's like a giant demonic ferret. Looks like an evil hedgehog that just ate, ate your freedoms. Well, guess what? He just declared martial law, and we played the clip earlier. Why do they all look like cartoon characters? He looks, he looks like Brian Stelter's alter ego or something. Brother of Notorious Rob Ford takes over Ontario and declares martial law. Every blue city will never end the lockdown, will never stop the power. It's always about more, 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 more power. They want power over you. This is a clip. This is what's being broadcast. This is what's being put out in Ontario. Canada is now officially a police state. Here it is. We have implemented the strictest measures in all of North America. And the difficult truth is, every public health measure we have left comes with a massive cost to people and their lives. But we have never shied away from doing what's necessary. We have made the deliberate decision to temporarily enhance police officers' authority for the duration of the stay-at-home order. Moving forward, Police will have the authority to require any individual who is not in a place of residence to first provide their purpose for not being at home 
and provide their home address. Police will also have the authority to stop a vehicle to inquire about an individual's reason for leaving their residence. And our inspectors will also be ensuring that those who absolutely must come to work are strictly following the public health measures. For our employers and employees, take note, this is your last warning. Um, I'm wondering about these new police powers to just randomly stop someone walking down the street or to pull over a car. What happens if, uh, if a person refuses to answer the police questions? So by issuing these new additional enforcement measures, it allows police officers to ask the person why they are not at their place of residence and what their place of residence is. And specifically to your question, um, if you are not willing to comply, then you are breaking the law. Uh, if and someone sees um, uh, their neighbors uh, breaking these, these new regulations um, and, and having a party in their yard, that sort of thing, should should people call police on their neighbors? In terms of people calling um, to snitch, to inform, um, look, we all have a personal responsibility. If it means saving lives, then I think we have to think about what your social responsibilities are as an individual to make sure that you don't empower other people and invite a whole bunch of individuals to your home. So this is permanent martial law, all based on a lie. Almost all the death numbers are fake. Everybody knows that now. This is the UN takeover. Doug Ford has been elected Ontario Premier. He's the little, I'm not saying he's a pedophile, but I mean, would you let your kids be babysit by him? I mean, we put him back on screen. I mean, he just looks like a disingenuous shack of garbage. But hey, we don't know if he's a pedophile. We just know he looks like somebody totally controlled by evil. He looks like a minion, a controlled man. Look at that monster, putting you under permanent martial law. It's never going to end. Their internal documents show it. It's all a fraud. They go, oh, people in Canada love the martial law. Oh, they love it in England. Those are fake polls. Their internal polls show it's wildly unpopular. We have footage coming up of giant crowds just surging, massively surging Harrods department store in London. Now, the police themselves all over Canada are saying, we're not busting churches we're not going and doing this anymore. You're killing the country. They all have family going bankrupt. When are we going to say no? And you notice, if you're a radio listener, you couldn't see it. You're lucky because these are some ugly looking people. And I mean, just don't, by ugly, I mean, just demonic little monsters. They know they're criminals. They just, every time they speak, they put the mask back on. When they don't speak, they take it back off. It's all this theater. We have the footage of the Justice Department official off camera, doesn't have the mask on, puts it on to go on camera, takes it off when he leaves camera. YouTube and Twitter is taking that video down. And then we also have the footage of, 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 all, of uh, one of the state reps there in Pennsylvania on the stage with the governor. And the governor says off the stage to her, listen, put your mask on when you go on stage. It's part of the theater. It's for public consumption. They're a bunch of scamming bureaucrats robbing you on the payroll of foreign banks. It's all a giant chicken little psyop. Period. We need to start pushing back now or it's never going to end. We'll be like Canada and Australia and the UK. They'll never let us off the leash. Wow. Love how he called them fascist Ford. The very name I baptized Ford with on previous broadcasts. After all, in Ontario, he is the leader of the Ford Reich. You know what I think? I think that Alex Jones was far too soft on and kind to Doug Ford, even if Doug Ford is just Christine Elliott's puppet.
Never thought I'd tolerate, let alone condone, you know, personal name-calling, not just political or moral labeling, and vitriol being directed toward any politician. But when a person allows himself to become that evil, he deserves to be seen in the moral light that he has shone on himself. As a consequence of his immorality and utter disdain for the freedom and lives of others, Doug Ford is repulsive in every sense of the word, as is his, not government, but state apparatus. You know, I eagerly await his turn at the next round of the Nuremberg trials. Ford says he's never shied away from doing what's necessary, notably avoiding the cliched, do the right thing. Maybe you heard our show last week. What is necessary is to end the lockdowns and all of the government public health measures completely. What is necessary is to hold our politicians and their advisors accountable for their crimes against humanity. Show me where a police state has ever improved health anywhere. Show me where locking down businesses and preventing private individuals from freely congregating has ever been done. I'll show you where in Nazi Germany. Of course, Ford has, since making his police state announcement, had to walk it back with a tearful apology that only suggested that he moved too quickly to lock things down. So expect him to try his fascism again as soon as he thinks he can get away with it. But meanwhile, back on the vaccine front in this war between the people and what were formerly their governments, the crime against humanity continues to manifest itself. Here's Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson speaking to Liberty Talk's Odessa Orlowitz on her April 21st show. I'm so sorry, everyone, but we got a problem. Something's happening. It's happening to women and their reproductive cycles, their menstrual cycles. They're being screwed up across the world. So I'm scared of what I'm about to share with you. So this is Odessa, and she's from Liberty Talk. And uh, Odessa, you report on the latest happenings, uh, the the traumatic events that we've been through this year. We do have a website that unvaccinated women report miscarriages after interaction with vaccinated people. So the first thing I found out was there's a woman who is collecting complaints from women all over the world I see most of them are American, but saying my menstrual cycle is extremely messed up. And I don't know how, but somehow more and more realized that it was as soon as they hung out with women who just been vaccinated. And enough stories came in of women that didn't want to get vaccinated that as soon as they were around, like one woman is a hairdresser, so she didn't do it. But as soon as a bunch of the women that work at the hair salon did, her cycle got screwed up. I'm not a doctor, but in one of the clips that we have today, uh, he explains that it's something to do with the spike protein and how that can be coming out of everywhere on the women that have been vaccinated. And so what we're seeing in women who get the injection is a very large hundreds of percent increase in miscarriages and stillborns of their babies, all being reported to vaccine adverse event reporting system. And now what we're seeing is women who are around others who've been injected are having the same experience, which has to raise the suspicion that not only does that messenger RNA make the body produce spike protein on an ongoing basis, 
But that spike protein is probably shedding out of the breath, the saliva, the skin, and who knows where else in the body it's being shed from. So this is absolutely disturbing. I heard about this happening and I, I thought this is very odd that a whole bunch of women in Israel, they're talking about it, that irregularities are happening after they've had the jab. And then we have a whole bunch of women saying, I haven't had the vaccination. I'm not going to take the vaccination, but I'm having very strange irregularities happening. And now we're hearing from doctors and it's not just one, it's several that are stating that there could be a problem in simply being around someone who's had the vaccination. Well, the truth is we are lab rats. They don't have a clue. And so we are the experiment. And I've been trying to tell family and friends this. Everything is coming together. About 10, 11, 12 months ago in one of my first shows, which was of course taken down, I exposed a whistleblower from the UK. He said before they even started to do trying to get a vaccine for everybody uh, because of the pandemic, he whistleblowed that they already have the vax. They've had it for a long time. It's being stored right now at the company he works at, and it is there to cause infertility. And he said, all this trials and this and all this tax money we've spent and all these deals and all that is all a show. And he even said, this UK science whistleblower uh, scientist, that you'll see all these companies and different types of vaccines, they're only going to settle on a few because they already know which one it is. And it's going to be the Bill Gates ones. And darn it, he was right. Then we've got on Alex Jones, whether you like him or not, he showed a massive lawsuit going on that uh, doctors in the UK and scientists were lawsuiting, giving lawsuits about the fact that it will cause infertility. Now we are the lab rats and lo and behold, all these Israeli women are saying uh, there's something wrong with our periods. And uh, Laura Lynn, we can be honest that you texted me a, while, a few days ago and said, hey, not to be gross, but have you noticed anything different? And then I texted about seven of my friends and a very large amount of them came back saying either major bleeding and clotting, like crazy amount, or uh, late periods, really light, different. And I shared with you, so sorry guys, that um, you and I woke up one morning and I just have to say that <laughs> my husband... Yeah. I almost got him to take me to emergency because it was like giving birth again. Right. And there was about three days of that. And I thought, am I, what, what's going on? And then it, it cleared up. And I'm not sure because I know that I've been late. I'm never late. So it's weird. That's all I know. And so what we've been seeing is a massive increase in those who've been given the injection of blood clotting problems, miscarriages, stillborns, infertility, strokes, 
heart attacks, autoimmune diseases, and death, just to name a few. And that's in those who've been injected. So certainly there should be a suspicion when you see people around the injected people who have not been injected getting the typical symptoms of COVID in addition to miscarriages, bleeding, irregular menstrual cycles, it should raise a very, very strong suspicion. We have one more, or maybe it's two more short clips of this Dr. Pilevsky. It could be that the vaccine recipients are the ones creating the problem and spreading the problem. So, I mean, I don't want to sound like an alarmist, but I certainly don't want someone who's been recently vaccinated to live with me or be in close proximity to my children or grandchildren. Uh, mm -hmm. This is um, this is really turning the tables on yeah. this scenario right now, and um, and once again, women are you know really uh, those in touch with their their bodies and 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 listening the menstrual cycles and miscarriages. I mean, this is really important information to listen to. Right. Yeah. One of the questions that's that is being asked constantly is. I know we don't know exactly how it's potentially shedding these spike proteins, but should we be worried? Should we be worried being in public, being around people who have been vaccinated in the office or paying attention and not going and seeing family members if they've been recently vaccinated? Should we be worried if we're pregnant and people are getting vaccinated around us? And if so, for how long? And is this something that we actually need to really think about? Because people who have decided to not get the vaccine or people who are going to be waiting to get the vaccine until they feel confident doing it or because they're pregnant or for whatever reason, this is all really alarming to them. And we kind of need to know if this is something that we should be very seriously considering paying attention. Again, I think we should be starting to ask people who've been injected with these materials to start wearing a badge so we who have not gotten it can know to avoid them. Um, there's certainly a danger that seems to be arising from these injections that people have been blind to and blindly accepting. And again, you will never hear me call these things vaccines because they are not vaccines. They are not meant to protect us against a viral infection. They're meant to alter our genetic material. That is the intention of the patents. Read them. The intention of these injections is to permanently alter our genetic codes. It's right there in front of us if we read the patents, we read the textbooks on genetic immunizations. These are uh, not vaccinations. Even the experts will tell you these injections are not meant to protect you and don't we don't know if it'll protect you against a SARS-CoV-2 virus infection. 
anyone who says that it is reducing the transmission of the virus from one person to the next is using faulty PCR testing to manipulate the data and create the impression that these injections are reducing the transmission of the virus. You cannot reduce the transmission of a virus with an injection that's not even meant to protect you against the virus itself. Try telling that to a bunch of people at the park. Yeah. They don't want to listen. We don't want vaccinated people around us. We're supposed to right. be the enemy that's going to harm everyone. And it quite probably is the other way around. So talk about division. Now none of us are going to want to hang out with each other even more. And I'm quite comfortable only being around the non-vaccinated now. Thank God anyone in my family who's vaccinated is not talking to me anymore. So I don't have to worry about that. I'm just with the non-vaxxers now. And I know I know you paid a really high price for your stand. And, uh, and I really honor that. And it's very heroic. And I thank you for that, Odessa. You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. This is from Kelowna Now, dated April 13th, article written by Josh Duncan, with the headline, Kelowna Jim Refusing New Member Applications from Anyone Who's Been Vaccinated. And I quote, A Kelowna Jim has announced that it won't be taking any new membership applications from anyone who's received a COVID-19 vaccine until 2023 at the earliest. Flow Academy offers classes in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, yoga, meditation, and more. But for the foreseeable future, those classes will only be available to those who have not been vaccinated. A notice on the membership section of the gym's website explains the decision. This decision was made after much discussion with other health, wellness, and fitness-related facilities across Canada, both public and private, as well as liability insurance companies, the message reads. To put it simply, the unknown health effects of the mRNA vaccines, as well as reported side effects such as viral shedding, seizures, and death following the administration of these vaccines, are not covered by our liability. Interior Health is familiar with the gym, as the health authority said it has already issued an order and ticket to Flow Academy on back-to-back days in February for not complying with public health orders. In a statement to Now Media, IH expressed its disagreement with the gym's stance on vaccinations. There is no public health basis for a policy excluding people who are immunized against COVID-19, the statement explained. Immunization prevents the spread of disease and protects patrons and staff. Flow Academy said that it will reevaluate the policy when clinical trials of this experimental injection are completed in 2023. End quote. A portend of things to come? <laughs> got this feedback from a fellow named Michael F., who actually addressed this to the Freedom Party, with which, of course, I am affiliated. And he wrote, quote, Care to head off what may be some nasty consequences? Here's a paper by the CDC from October 28, 2020. It begins with, COVID-19 is thought to spread mainly through close contact from person to person, including between people who are physically near each other, within about six feet is thought to? Don't you think that after at least six months, that if they haven't proved it, then it's because they can't? Have they stopped testing? Did they ever test? I mean, it's thought to is not one of the possible results of any test. Is or isn't are. Not it's thought to. It gets better. Not once has any virus ever shown to pass from person to person this way. 
not the annual flu, and not even measles, and he provides links to studies to both of those statements. In fact, upon seeking evidence for his own profession, an honest epidemiologist felt compelled to write in, in 2009 that the embarrassing secret among virologists is that from 1933 until the present day, there have been no experimental studies proving that influenza, either the virus or the disease, is ever transmitted from person to person by normal contact. All efforts to experimentally transmit it from person to person even in the middle of the most deadly disease epidemic the world has ever known, have failed, and end quote. And Michael provided us with a quick link to Dr. Samantha Bailey, who on April 20th described some of the experiments conducted during the Spanish flu itself. And all I can say is, wow. What many people, and I believe this includes most doctors, don't know is that at the time clinical experiments were carried out in an attempt to demonstrate human-to-human -human transmission of the disease. One such experiment took place in Boston in November 1918. The subjects were comprised of 62 healthy sailors charged with delinquency and sent to prison. They had been promised a pardon under the condition that they take part in an experiment. Clearly, back in those days, there were no pesky ethics committees to run your trial protocols past. Most of the men who volunteered had not yet had influenza, so they were thought to be particularly susceptible to infection. In her book, Flu, scientific journalist Gina Collata describes what happened. Navy doctors collected the mucus from men who were desperately ill from the flu, gathering thick viscous secretions from their noses and throats. They sprayed mucus from flu patients into the noses and throats of some men and dropped it into other men's eyes. In one attempt, they swabbed mucus from the back of the nose of a man with the flu and then directly swabbed one patient's nasal septum and rubbed it directly onto the nasal septum of one of the volunteers. Now, anyone involved in clinical trials today will be amazed at what used to go on. You've got to hand it to them though, this was a serious field experiment that could help provide the necessary transmission evidence. Kalata goes on further. Trying to simulate what happens naturally when people are exposed to flu victims, the doctors took 10 of the volunteers onto the hospital ward where men were dying of the disease. The sick men lay huddled on their narrow beds, burning with fever, drifting in and out of sleep in a delirium. The 10 healthy men were given their instructions. Each was to walk up to the bed of a sick man and draw near him, lean into his face, breathe in his fetid breath and chat with him for five minutes to be sure that the healthy man had had a full exposure to the sick man's disease. The sick man was to exhale deeply while the healthy man drew the sick man's breath directly into his own lungs. Finally, the flu victim coughed five times in the volunteer's face. Each healthy volunteer repeated these actions with 10 different flu patients. Each flu patient had been seriously ill for no more than three days, a period when the virus or whatever it was that was causing the flu should still be around in his mucus, in his nose, in his lungs. Well, they certainly weren't wearing masks or social distancing, so some people would be getting pretty nervous about all of this. Let's go back to Gina Collata's book to see what happened. Where we find she concludes that not a single healthy man got sick. A comparable experiment carried out under much stricter conditions took place in San Francisco with 50 imprisoned sailors. But once again, the results did not correspond with what the doctors had expected. Gina Collada writes, scientists were stunned. 
if these healthy volunteers did not get infected with influenza, despite doctors' best efforts to make them ill, then what was causing this disease? How exactly did people get the flu? Now this doesn't conclusively prove that human-to-human -human transmission never occurred, but it certainly indicates that healthy individuals were not susceptible to catching the disease, and the Spanish flu is often touted as one of the most infectious and deadly flus that was capable of killing young people as well as old. And if that isn't enough for all of us to digest, okay, get ready for a real ride. Up next, here's California's fastest-talking human rights attorney, Lee Dundas, speaking to a huge audience in Orange County back on April 20th. Well, for those of you who don't know, I am indeed guilty as charged, human rights attorney. And, uh, you know, we're all being banned faster than you can shake a stick at it. So if you want to find me, uh, you can go to LeeDundas.com. That's Lee, L-E-I-G-H, because my mother had to give me extra letters, Dundas, D-U-N-D-A-S.com. So what I want to talk to you about indeed tonight is the rise of freedom over the Fourth Reich. And as the gentleman before me said, freedom is not something you buy, it is something you earn every minute of the day, especially this year. Okay, especially, especially this year, because we have a lot going on. And if you don't know what it's like to live in a blue state or a blue town, let me tell you, this week in Orange County, California, the cattle cars of yesteryear, the cattle cars of Auschwitz came rolling into my town wanting my child to get on board. And that is not acceptable. That is completely unacceptable in any, in any place, but especially where I live. So if you don't know what happened in Orange County about 10 days ago, the Orange County Health Officer, a little guy by the name of Dr. Clayton Chow, got together with the superintendent of schools in our county and they hatched a little plan. And they decided in their wisdom that they were gonna take our taxpayer-funded schools and turn them in to COVID vaccination centers so they could deploy an experimental medical protocol that killed every ferret in the last animal trial that was done. Worse, worse, they decided they were gonna see if they could find a way to legally sidestep parental informed consent so that little Johnny could get bribed with a donut after recess at kindergarten and go walking back to the nurse's office and roll his sleeve up and get this experimental protocol without his parents ever being the wiser. So I don't know how you feel about that, but I know exactly how I felt about that. And we only had about 24 hours notice but we got two or 300 of my closest friends to come down to the next board meeting the next night and we let them know exactly how we felt. Roll the video. Lee Dundas, human rights attorney. Late last week, I am informed a meeting occurred between Orange County Health Officer Dr. Clayton Chow and Orange County Board of Education Superintendent Al Mahars, during which time they apparently tried to find a way to, quote, sidestep and entirely remove informed parental consent for the COVID vaccine and also turn Orange County school campuses into vaccination centers. The COVID-19 vaccine is an experimental medical protocol authorized under the Emergency Use Authorization Act. And as such, you cannot mandate it for anyone, nor can you sidestep informed consent. There is a reason 
reason that kids cannot smoke, drive, drink, have sex, vote, or die for this country. And it is because the law says they lack the capacity to understand those decisions. And that applies here more than ever. Hear me loud and hear me well. We will not be morphing our school campuses into COVID vaccine centers for delivery of an experimental medical protocol that killed every ferret in the last animal study they did until such time they had to abandon that study. And then, and then they didn't even do the study this time around because we are the study. The last time humans launched a plan like this to conduct experimental medical protocols on vulnerable populations was in Joseph Mengele's direction. He was an MD known as the, the angel of death. Okay, and he was part of the SS, and in 1943, he was assigned to Auschwitz, where he saw an opportunity to conduct gene research, quote, focused primarily on children with no regard for the health or safety of the victims. This is off the internet. You can Google it. You know what else is gene research? Experimental COVID vaccines with the trans gene inside of it. If you don't believe me, go pull the EUA application for the J&J &J shot. I come from a long line of Eastern Europeans, Hungarians, and Romanian groups, groups that fled the persecution of the Red Terror Communist death squads in the early 1900s, and those of us who didn't make it to America ended up facing the Nazi death squads in the lesser-known Holocaust that was the Romani Holocaust. There is a reason my daughter is named Katia. Her Romani great-grandmother was Katarina Choma, and I, for one, have not forgotten the lessons of our history. The Third Reich did not end with experiments on children, nor when those children died. The Third Reich ended in 1946 when we put the doctors who committed these human experiments on trial in Nuremberg, and then we put them to death. It ended with the adoption of the Nuremberg Code, so we would never repeat the sins of history. And it states, and I quote, the voluntary consent of this human subject is absolutely essential. Dr. Chow and Dr. Maharish, you are hereby on notice. Last week, you appear, appear to have knowingly hatched a plan to sidestep and or violate international, federal, and state law, not just the Nuremberg informed consent language, but also the black letter law of the EUA, as well as California state law, which punishes, and I quote, the willful failure to obtain a subject's informed consent by imprisonment in county jail for one year or the imposition of a $50,000 fine or both. Through the planned insertion of experimental gene-altering protocols onto the very children, you were elected and charged with protecting. And tonight we are asking the Board of Education for an immediate letter of censure to these individuals. And if they don't resign, for an immediate notice of termination. And that letter also needs to go to the professional boards because they have no business being in these positions. So help me God, the people of Orange County will hold this policy to account. Redundant human rights attorney, let me be nothing if not clear. You can call this anything you want, a vaccination verification system, a composite app, ink contract for $3.8 million buried in item 28. We all know it when we see it. It is a digital vaccine passport, and there's a reason Clayton Chow shied away from it on camera the other night and said people think it's controversial. Yes, it's controversial. It is the beginning and the end of Nazi Germany. It is, show me your papers, please, before you pass. It is an electronic dog collar. And since when did Orange County become the People's Republic of China? You won't need Warsaw ghettos, I won't be able to leave my house because nobody will service me. Are you really okay with big tech knowing every place you've been, from Chipotle to the post office to Disneyland, because you had to scan it every single time you left your house, and do not for a second try to absolve yourselves, saying, oh, the marketplace is going to do it. It's on Costco. It's on Disneyland. We're not doing it. That's like the guy who drove the cattle car to Auschwitz saying, there's no blood on my hands, unlike you all call it what it is. This is a Nazi plan, and you are the fourth Reich if you vote for it.
Make no mistake, this is a second Holocaust, my friends. Hitler did not start by burning people in ovens. That is where he ended. Hitler started, and you can Google it, the first thing he did to consolidate his power is he closed non-essential businesses, as did Governor Newsom in my state. Second thing he did is he closed the churches and the schools because they are the heart of the family. And that is exactly what Newsom has done. And the fourth thing he did is he marked the people he didn't like so he could segregate them and discriminate against them and do worse. And this week in Orange County, California, that little cattle car came to our town. And Hitler started by changing 400 laws in the first six years of his reign of power. And my governor changed 400 laws in the first six months. The only darn difference between Hitler and Newsom for the haters who think that it's un not okay to analogize to Nazi Germany or that it's not warranted. There is only one difference between Hitler and Newsom. And that is that Newsom has done it 12 times faster than Hitler. So then, so then I get off the plane in Tulsa and I turn on my phone, which I'm beginning to think is a bit of a mistake this week. And I see LAPD, some of our finest men in blue, and don't get me wrong, I back the blue, I work with them. I do human trafficking work like the gentleman too before me. I love our cops. You couldn't pay me to do their job. But I saw a travesty. I saw LAPD muscling young, mentally challenged, mentally handicapped children to the ground and against their will while they are screaming, I don't want it, I don't want it, jabbing them with an experimental medical protocol that they can't get through the animal studies without killing every animal. This is a eugenics program. That is the word for it. And California is falling. And I never ask for help. I never ask for help. And I am asking everybody within earshot in this room and elsewhere for help tonight. This is my SOS. Because if we don't hold the line in Orange County, California, there's a darn good reason they targeted us. They knew if they could take that hill, they could take any hill. If we don't hold the line here, this little dog and pony show is coming to your town soon. We need to hold the line. with two stories. One, my secretary, when I started doing the work, the human trafficking work in Thailand, was a girl who had herself been sex trafficked. And she told me the story one day when we were standing in our office. She said, you know, I was 12 years old, 13, something like that. I was sitting on a bus bench on a railroad in Thailand. And a group of guys came by and they muscled me to the ground. They shoved a needle in my arm and when I woke up, I was in a slave trading camp on the Thai-Burmese border. And one day the guards in that camp got bored and they decided they were gonna have some sport. And they lined us all up from end to end and they went girl to girl laying guns on temples. And every girl when they got to her would drop to her knees and grapple for the gun to no avail. And she stopped talking when she got to this point of the story and I looked at her and I said, what did you do when the guard got to you? And she looked at me and she took a step forward and she said, I stood up. I stood up and I held out my hand and I said, give me your gun. I will shoot myself because I don't want to live like this anymore. And the owner of the camp overheard that 
he was walking by, he overheard it, and he let her go free. And I learned a lesson that day that I have never forgotten since, and it's a lesson we need to hear every hour this year, and that is this. When you are looking at a locked and loaded double barrel full of hate and anger and tyranny and upset that is ready to do you in, you stand up. You stand up because you are better off on your feet fighting for your life than ever taking a knee. Than ever taking a knee. You don't bow down to tyranny, not ever. I'm going to tell you how this story ends. We're going to win. And I know we're going to win because the fact that I am looking at you and you're looking at me tells me everything I need to know, which is every single time this planet has flirted with tyranny, we have pulled back from the brink and we have lifted up stronger and better and more free than ever before. I come from military. I come from a hua long line of military. My husband's U.S. Army, my dad was U.S. Navy, and my grandfather was also U.S. Navy, and that man, bless his heart, had not one, not two, but three separate ships bombed out from under him, starting on December 7, 1941, as he was standing on the decks of the USS West Virginia in the Pearl Harbor waters of Hawaii. And in my house, we grew up saying, yes, sir, no, ma'am, we bowed our heads in church and we flew our flag high, okay? And here is why. If you are within the sound of my voice, you are an heir to freedom. You are the sons and daughters of the men who stormed the beaches at Normandy. We are the sons and daughters of the GIs who came into hot landing zones in Vietnam into the jungles with their whirly birds blazing smoke because by golly, they were not gonna leave a man down behind. We are the rightful heirs to the kingdom of freedom and we are never gonna let it be sold out. Not on your watch, not on my watch, not ever. God bless America and God bless all of you. Love that. The kingdom of freedom. To those who might think it's utterly nutty to suggest that the spike protein experimental gene therapy is a bioweapon, described as a binary weapon by some, I have to ask, what other possible reasonable purpose for this non-vaccine being forced upon the Western world can you find to justify what's going on? Or are you just going to continue sleeping in your state of covidiacy? I have yet to meet a true anti-vaxxer quote-unquote, you know? After all, it's an anti-concept designed to hide the truth, that the people so labeled are really anti-fascists and pro-freedom. So if you know any anti-vaxxers of this type, take a moment to invite them to join all of us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Color it to black and white Under the bedclothes Everything will be alright You came alone? Yeah, where's Robinson Crusoe? Oh, you'll meet him in due time But first there are certain precautions we must take You're under arrest, Gestapo Some precaution Your gun, 
My car is parked on the road. We'll walk to it very slowly and carefully. Hey, here's the colonel and the bird as well. You did not come alone. I'm a terrible liar. Well, tell them to throw down their weapons or my first shot will be for you in your back. Make up your mind. Hold it right there. Throw down your guns. You heard me. Throw them down. Throw them down or your milkmaid friend is going to shoot me in the back. See, it was a trap. Correction, is a trap and we're in it. Blimey, we've been shopped. Get rid of the guns. Boy, what a war. You can't trust anybody. 